0: All right, we are privileged this morning to have international evangelist Sammy Tippett here with us today. Let's give him a big cross point welcome. Yes, and... Mr. Sammy has been traveling the globe for 50 years, sharing the love of Jesus, and every year they see thousands of people that give their lives to Christ, and God is using him in incredible ways through Facebook, social media to connect with people. He's even developed a discipleship app that helps Christ followers take next steps and be discipled all over the world and is converted in many different languages, even. He's also a noted book writer, and we'll have a book table out at the end. We're so glad to honor to have Mr. Sammy here. He's also so one of my personal mentors. I'm so blessed to have him a part of my life. And so again, let's give him a big cross point welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. And it is a blessing to be here with you and good morning to all of you. Well, I, uh, I'm excited about today because this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the first day of the week and for For centuries, believers in Jesus Christ have gathered on the first day of the week to celebrate his resurrection. So it is a great day, and I'm just so thrilled that I could be here with you today. Uh, For me, the Christian life is an adventure. Following Jesus has been a great adventure. I told my wife, uh, who is here, and by the way, we've been married for 51 years now, and uh, she uh, she has been such a blessing to me. and. And God has just done so much in our lives, but I told her when we were going to be married, I said, I can't promise you that we'll ever be rich, but I do promise you this, that life with Jesus and life with me will not be boring, (laughs) and it has not been boring. It's been a great adventure to follow Jesus Christ, And, and the greatest part of that adventure actually is what I want to speak to you about today, and that is prayer. Uh, Just think about it, what prayer is. Prayer is talking with the one who is the creator of the universe, the one who set the stars in space, the one who created you and created me. You and I have the privilege and the opportunity to talk with the God who created everything. And uh, what an adventure that is when you think about it. But it can be intimidating also when you think about it. And sometimes what I've discovered is that a a lot of people uh, want to pray, want to really talk with God, develop their prayer lives, but they're intimidated, they're fearful, or they don't know how to pray. So I want to speak to you today about praying with confidence. When I first became a Christian, uh, I started memorizing scriptures, and one of the scriptures that I memorized when I first became a Christian was 1 John chapter 5 and verses 14 and 15. And and that passage, I'm I'm so glad that I memorized it because it really, uh, really set my direction in prayer and my understanding of what prayer is. It says, and we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask anything that pleases Him. And since we know that He hears us, When we make our request, we know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, there's something, there's a couple of words in in there that I think is, is very important for us to understand. And that is that we need to pray according to those things that please him. Or as in another version of the Bible says, pray according to his will and confidence in prayer comes when you pray according to those things that are on the heart of God. For you see, there, there are three things that I think are important for us to understand if we're to be confident in our praying. The first thing is we need to understand what prayer is. I think too many of us have a misunderstanding or miscomprehension of what prayer really is all about. And, and prayer so many times is like a, an emergency room. You know, we go to it whenever something bad has happened or we're in need or we need help, so we rush to the emergency room. And we kind of see prayer as that. Okay, that's our spiritual emergency room where we rush into it and call on God and then God help me, I'm in trouble, I've got a problem, I can't solve it, I need you. Or some of us look at prayer as kind of a spiritual Santa Claus where, oh, God, I want this, and God, I want that, and give me this and give me that. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is a relationship with God. It's developing. It's the communion of two hearts. It's what one of my friends said to me, and I, I like this definition. He said it's the communication piece of an intimate relationship with God. Now, as I said, my wife and I have been married for 51 years. And when I first met her, man, I fell in love, head over heels in love with her. And and I'll never forget, you know, she was actually, I I must confess to you, that she was actually dating my best friend. And uh, he went out with her one night and told her that he was in love with her. And it shook her up, and she didn't know what to do. So she came to me knowing I was his best friend and said, I I don't love him. What, What do I do? He told me he loved me, and I don't love him. And I said, well, let me think on this and let's get together Saturday night and I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> and the rest is history. But, but we, by the way, he's still a good friend. <laughs> he actually ended up marrying a girl that I dated. But, but you know what? I, 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 I fell in love with her and, oh, I loved her so much. But I can tell you something. I love her much more today than I loved her 51 years ago. And the reason for that is because we've gotten to know each other. We've walked through good times and tough times. We've walked through on the mountaintops and in the valleys together. And it's in that knowledge of her that I've gotten to know her. Now, Paul wrote uh, to the church in Philippi in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And he said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Now, what was Paul talking about? He knew Christ. On the road to Damascus, he had a vision. Christ appeared to him. He knew Christ. So why is he saying, I want to know Christ? You see, he knew him, but he wanted to know him more intimately. He wanted to have a deeper, intimate knowledge of God. In the power of his resurrection... And in the fellowship of his sufferings, he wanted to know Christ. Now, th- that's what prayer is. Prayer is that time in which you get to know him. You get to fellowship with him. And, and, and you know, people ask me all the time, Sammy, uh, can, you, can you pray when you're driving? Can you pray when you're... Yes, absolutely, please do. But I still think there's a need for you to have a time and a place where you just get alone and you talk. If you look at any good marriage, and I can tell you this, no matter who it is, marriages are going to come with problems because you put two people together living together, there's going to be problems. But but any good marriage, there's going to be good communication. And if you're going to learn to walk with God and grow in Christ, you've got to develop communication it's in that communication that you grow in your relationship with him so you need to understand that prayer is not just you know going to get something from God it's not just a spiritual emergency room or a spiritual Santa Claus prayer is really getting to know God it's the communion of two hearts the heart of God and the heart of man now the heart of God can be found in the Bible so much of prayer, and we think of prayer always as us talking. <laughs> you know, and, and if if that's your relationship with your spouse, you're in trouble. You know, you, you need to learn to listen. And and the same thing is true with God. You need to learn to listen. You say, Well, God speaks. Yes, God speaks through his word. And when you read his word, he will speak to you. And it's it's amazing. Sometimes I'll read the Bible and and and, and off of this page, it's like the words just literally jump off the page and jump into my heart and grab my heart. There's spiritual words for you for that day, spiritual food. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you need a time. Yes, on the way to work, driving. Yes, uh, when you're doing something, uh, whatever it might be. But you need that time where you get still, And you just open the word and let God speak to your heart and share with you what's on his heart. And you share with him what's on your heart. I I think that this is critically important. If we're going to pray with confidence, we need to pray understanding what prayer is. It's the communion of two hearts. But there's a second thing. And that is we need to pray with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. So what is the will of God? In other words, if we pray according to his will, we know he hears us, right? And if we know he hears us, we know he's going to answer them. So if if that's what prayer is, and, and that's the promise of how we can be confident in prayer, then we need to know what the will of God is. Now, there are a lot of things, to be honest with you, I don't know if it's God's will or not. People come to me all the time and say, Sammy, can you tell me, is this God's will? <laughs> I, have a, I have a struggle figuring out whether it's God's will, what's God's will for my life, much less anyone else's life. But, but I do know there are some things for all of us that are God's will. And when we pray according to God's will, he hears us. Now, what are one of those things? I know it's God's will that in all circumstances that in everything I give thanks. Now, notice the Scripture doesn't say that for all circumstances, there are bad things that happen. And and we don't thank God for those bad things that happen. We have to learn to thank God in those bad things. Uh, So things happen to us daily. Some of them are just irritating. Some of them are worse than irritating. Sometimes we face tragedy we face uh, human suffering, we face injustice, we face all kinds of things. We don't praise God or thank God for those things, but in those things we learn to thank Him because He wants us to develop a heart of praise and worship and thanksgiving. He wants us to be that kind of people. Um, My wife and I, two weeks ago, actually today we were in Birmingham, Alabama. We were attending the Southern Baptist Convention, and I, I had some leadership responsibilities there. I led a Sunday morning service uh, for there, and then Sunday evening the pastors' conference began, and then I had a couple of other meetings that I was leading uh, there. And so uh, it, it was important for us to be there. And so Sunday evening, after the Sunday morning service was over, our, our hotel was just a few blocks from the convention center, and so we were going to walk from from our hotel to the convention center and we got out and we started walking and and there the the sidewalks had kind of come apart you know how they do and then one of them is lifted up higher than the other one and uh being a young man like I am you know I I tripped on one of those raised sidewalks and I went nose first into the concrete um People looked at me, I, mean, I was all bloody, my eyes, my face, my nose was skinned up, and I had a big old gash right here in the middle of my nose, and, and then my arms and my fingers were all cut up, I was bloody all over the place, and it was Sunday evening, so you know there were no doctors around, and either I went to the emergency room, or we did the second alternative, and that was to go to a pharmacist, and we went to a pharmacy, and and I had a pharmacy look at me and said, all right, you put this on here, and this on here, and And this one needs a big bandage. And it was too big for a Band-Aid. So I had to have this big old white bandage right in the middle of my nose. Now, I didn't praise God for that. (laughs) But in that situation, I learned to thank him. In fact, the next morning, I tell you, God speaks to your heart through his word. The next morning, I was reading through the scripture, and I was reading in Deuteronomy, where the passage talked about how God led the children of Israel into the wilderness to humble them. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is what's happening to you, dude. I'm humbling you today. I had this big old thing right in the middle of my face when I was trying to lead people. It looked so ugly. But you know what? I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are on your throne, that I'm alive today no matter what, that I'm here, that I can breathe breath, that I can know you, that I can walk with you, you have blessed me. And I and just started thanking him. And, and oh, my whole attitude, my whole demeanor about life changed when I just began to thank him and love him and worship him. And what God wants is he wants to produce a people who are thankful in their hearts. And oh, I can tell you what, I, I meet a lot of people who are just. You know, they don't understand uh, what it means to thank Him. And they become negative in their thinking, negative in their outlook of life. And when you begin to thank God, praise God, worship Him, not for the things, but in the things, you begin to worship Him that something happens to you. So it's God's will. I know it's God's will that in all things you give thanks Uh, for all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you according to the scripture first Thessalonians 518 but there's one last thing that I want to say about God's will and that is that when you pray for others you begin to pray for people according to God's will second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 is a passage that says the Lord isn't really slow Uh, about his promises as some people think no uh, he is being patient for your sake he does not want anyone destroyed but he wants everyone to repent now do you want to know what God's will is it's God's will that no one would perish that no one would be destroyed it's God's will that all men all women all young people come to repentance now that word repentance, let me explain to you what that means. It's like you're going this direction in life, and you stop, you turn around, and you begin to go another direction. It's, it's it's turning from your sin, and it's turning to faith in Jesus Christ. So the will of God, we know this according to the Scripture, the will of God is that no one would continue on that path of destruction, but they would turn from that path of destruction and turn to life in Jesus Christ. That's the will of God for every one of us. Now, when you begin to pray like that, God will do extraordinary things. You will be amazed at the things that God will do. And by the way, he says, he's not slow concerning his promises. Sometimes we think, "God, where are you? I prayed about this you know a year ago, two years ago, I prayed for my friend, I prayed for my family, I prayed for them, and look at what, what, what's happening. God, where are you? Don't you worry. He is not slow. Just in his time, he will work His will. He will complete. That which he has promised to give you and to do. And I know that he loves people. If there's anything I know about God, I know this. He loves people. He loves people so much that he gave Jesus to die on the cross. And oh, I tell you, when we tap into that, that which is on the heart of God, he will do extraordinary things. I did not grow up in a Christian family. Um, I didn't grow up going to church. I went to church a few times. I had some friends who invited me, but on the whole, I did not go to church growing up in my life. And um, when I was a freshman at LSU, uh, I had a girlfriend, and her father, she went to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. She was in church every time the church door was open. Problem was, she was getting drunk with me on Friday and Saturday. But... uh, (laughs) Anyway, her father said, if you want to see my daughter, you have to go to church. Well, I didn't want to go to church, but I wanted to see his daughter. So I went to church. And I sat back there in the back, and boy, this guy gets up and begins to speak, and God just began to speak to my heart. And I knew I needed Jesus. And And he invited people, said, if you want to know Christ, you come, and, and we'll pray with you right here. And I that that at the close of that service, I went to the front of that church, and I prayed right there. And I... Opened my life to Christ, and he changed me. You can go to Baton Rouge, Louisiana today, and you can meet my friends, and they will tell you Sammy Tippett walked into that church one day, and he walked out, and he was different. And he's never been the same since that time. Now, I'm not perfect. My wife will tell you that real quick. I'm not perfect, but I tell you what. I am not the same person that I was when I walked into that church. I am different. Christ changed me. That's repentance. Christ changed me. He made me a new person on the inside, and I've been changed ever since that day. But, oh, it was so wonderful. I mean, it was like this ton of bricks was lifted from me, and, and I knew I was forgiven. I mean, it was like guilt. I didn't even know I felt guilty but I, until the guilt was removed, and then it was like, wow, that's amazing. And, 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 and I was free from all of that guilt, and, and I wanted my friends to know. I wanted my family to know. I wanted everyone to know what had happened to me. I mean, I was so filled with zeal and, and, and love for Christ, and I wanted everyone to know about Jesus. And so I went home, and I told my parents and my brother and sister what had happened to me, and I told them about Jesus, and I'll never forget. My mom looked at me, and she said, I'm not a Christian, and I'll never become a Christian. And I don't want you to ever talk to me about God again. Oh, what do you do when you can't talk to your mom about God? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I talked to God about my mom. And I prayed for my mom. Not for one week. Not for one month. Not for one year. Not for five years. Not for 10 years. Not for 20 years. But for 25 years years I prayed for my mom my dad was the first one to become a Christian my dad uh, was sick and matter of fact he died not long after I came to know Christ but uh, that some men from the church came to my home not long after that and they knocked on the door they came in they sat down with my dad he was on his deathbed, and and they opened the Bible and they led my dad to faith in Jesus Christ my sister (laughs) that's another story my sister was going to a school in Tennessee. My wife and I were living in Chicago ministering to gangs and people who were on drugs and sharing Christ with them and, 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 and ministering there. And I got a phone call and a letter from a businessman in Tennessee where my sister lived. And he said, we want to have a citywide youth evangelistic event. And we want you to be the speaker at it. And all of the churches are going together. Would you be willing to come? And I said, man, I'd love to come. You know, my sister lives there. So I'd love to be there. So I went to that city to preach. They had rented out this 5,000-seater auditorium. And I thought, man, this is going to be really great. Well, when I got there, I discovered that none of the churches knew about this. This was this businessman's idea. And there were only five people who showed up in this big 5,000-seater auditorium. And two of the five people were my wife and myself. And two of the five people were my sister and her friend, and the fifth person was this man. <laughs> so I stood up, and I preached like there were 5,000 people there. And, I, and I, at the close of the message, I said, if you want to know Christ, you just come right here, and I'll pray with you right now. And my sister and her friend both came and gave their hearts to Christ. And I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and, and the man he was embarrassed about everything. I said, hey, man, you invite me back again. <laughs> this was great. My sister came to Christ, and I was so excited. Well, we went back, and, of course, my mother and my brother, now that was a different story, prayed, prayed. My brother was an alcoholic. You couldn't talk to my brother unless he had been drinking heavily. And so we prayed for them and prayed for them. And after 25 years of prayer, one day, out of the clear blue, my mother called me and said, Sammy, I'm a bitter woman. I'm a proud woman. I need God. I need Jesus. I need help. I said, Mom? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And right there on the phone, I prayed with my mom, and my mom gave her heart to Christ. Until she died, her favorite thing to do was to go to the prayer meeting at the church. And my mom began to grow in Christ, and it was such a thrill to see God change my mom's heart. The last one left was my brother. My brother, one year after my mom gave her heart to Christ, called me on the phone and he said, Sammy, I got to tell you what happened. I said, What? He said, I was driving home from work. I'd been drinking a lot, and police pulled me over, arrested me for driving while intoxicated. Brought me through me in jail. He said, My cellmate in jail was a man up for first degree murder. I said, Well, Larry, what'd you do? He said, Sammy, I called on the name of the Lord. <laughs> and he said, Jesus came in my heart, Jesus changed my life. He said, I went before the judge. And the judge said, I had to go to this rehab and all of this. And he said, I told the judge, he said, I'll go to rehab wherever you think I need to go. But I'm telling you, I'm free. I'm free from my alcohol. And from that day until this day, my brother has been free. And he tells me, he says, Sam, tell everybody wherever you go. Tell them what happened to me. Tell them how Jesus set me free. Oh, my entire family came to know Jesus. God loves people. God loves your family. God loves your friends. God loves people. And if we will just pray and seek his face, he will do extraordinary things. It may not be in our time, but believe me, he is not slow. He will do it in his time. In fact, One of the reasons I'm standing here right now is because of a grandmother. You see, I never knew my grandparents. They died before I was born. And my parents, as I said, didn't go to church. I wasn't raised in church. And and, and so I didn't know anything about my grandparents. They lived out in southwest Louisiana, very rural in the forest, in the middle of the forest. And so I, I never knew them, but I found and discovered something very wonderful. My grandmother and my grandfather were godly people. My my dad never talked to me about them, but I'm named after my grandfather, Sam Tippett, but I, I never knew anything about them. But then one day, through a strange set of circumstances, I learned about them. The only thing written about my grandmother was that she was a godly, praying woman. My aunt wrote a story, and I found this story, and my aunt said that my aunt was in the Born working, and she heard my grandmother outside talking to someone about things so intimate she ought not to be telling anyone those things. So my aunt went out to see who it was that she was talking to, and she looked and she saw her under the trees on her knees talking to Jesus. And I realized <laughs> years later, 25 years later, After she died, a grandson that she had never met walked into a church not looking for God, but looking for a girl. And God captured his heart. And not long after that, that son that she was weeping for, those men from that church came over, sat down with him, and led him to faith in Christ. Oh, I tell you. God is not slow. He is not slack concerning his promises. He will accomplish his will. We need to pray. One of the greatest things you'll ever pray is to begin to pray for people. Don't give up on anyone. Don't give up on anyone. You pray. Even after you die, you never know what God's going to do. She never met me. I've gone to 80 countries, more than 80 countries since then, and I'm convinced but a lot of it is due to the prayers of my grandmother. God is looking for people who will pray. If you will pray according to his will, you can pray with great confidence. You can pray knowing that this is the will of God. This is what pleases him. And when your will lines up with his will, he will do great and mighty things. So pray. And pray. And pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Savior. Thank you for what he did so that we could come into your presence and know you and have fellowship with you. Thank you, Father. We love you. We worship you. There's none like you. You are holy, 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 holy are you, Lord God Almighty. And Lord, we thank you for the wonderful privilege of coming into your presence by faith in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would give confidence in the hearts and place that confidence in the hearts of these, your children, to walk with you, to have intimate fellowship with you. And Father, if there's one that's never met you, never truly entered into a personal relationship with you, I pray that today they would. I pray that today they would open their hearts and follow you. Oh, God, you're so good. You've been so good. Lord, these past 51 years, 54 years of following you have just been wonderful. And I just love you and worship you and bless you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.